Hello, welcome back to the Downside IT Podcast. My name is Clark, and today we're going to get into cables, the backbone of anything and everything that's interconnected in all of our lives. Now, there are two schools of thought when it comes to cabling, and we're going to go over both of those here in just a minute. And I'll throw in a few recommendations also for cables while while we're going along the podcast. Uh, just in case you want to upgrade or, you know, just to make things run faster and smoother for you. Not just for you, your computer, but for your home TV setups as well. So hang on for just a couple of minutes and we'll we'll get to that here in just a second. But before we get started, I just want to remind everybody, check out the Facebook page at IT. You know, I always post good articles on there. You can find show updates. And you can also head to the all-new Built from the Ground Up website at www.downsouthitpodcast.com. I have a ton of stuff on there for you to check out. Uh, have the, the blog on there. Always putting articles on there and different things from what's happening in the tech world. I have the project section where you can follow some of my build projects as I'm doing them. Now the main one is the Raspberry Pi Christmas Light Show controller. Pretty sweet once it's done. Uh, still working on it. I'm waiting on parts right now, so be posting part three of that. Hopefully, once the parts that I ordered come in, so be on the lookout for that. And I also have a show prep area, with, which is basically going to be a shorthand version of the show with you know recommendations, link to products that I talked about, and some of the research and stuff like that. If you want to read up further, I'm trying to start up an email newsletter. So if you want to start, uh, if you want to get involved with that. You can use the link on the home page, and you can sign up for that right there on the website. Uh, if you happen to miss an episode, you can check out the embedded player. All the past episodes are there. The last episode from uh, the premiere for season two and all of season one, all of the past episodes are there, so you can catch up on everything. Push come to shove. If you need to, you can always send me an email also, downsouthit at gmail.com, or just post something on the Facebook page, and I'll get it taken care of for you. I uh, want to make this as easy as possible, you know, so there's plenty of things that you can do to, to reach out to me to, to get in touch with me. Now, about those two schools of thought. The first one usually is a cable is just a cable. And in most circumstances, that's right. But in a lot of them, it's just wrong. So a lot of times that kind of attitude, you'll get a device that'll work, but not to its full potential. And the second school of thought is that the most expensive cables will do the best job. Again, sometimes yes, but most times no. So the goal of the show today is to kind of hit that gooey middle ground. You want to get the best performance without breaking the bank. Uh, I'll take the example of headphones. When I said headphones, what's the first thing that you thought of? Beats, right? Well, are Beats the best headphones out there? To be frank, probably not. Are they the best uh, known headphones out there? Yeah. But are they expensive? Damn right they are. But there, there are a lot of them out there that work and sound better than Beats that are probably a half to two-thirds of the cost. So this is kind of the same way I want you to look at your cabling. In most instances that I'll go over today, it's not so much the brand of the cable that you need to really be worried about, but it's the type of cable. And most of the high dollar brands like your monster cables and stuff like that, as far as the TV stuff goes, the companies that make those cables have their own brands that are close to the same or even the same performance 
or sometimes even better performance, but are cheaper just because they're not that major name brand. So that's kind of the wheelhouse that I want to get into today. So we'll start off in the computer world since that's kind of my bread and butter. And first on the list is going to be your network cable. That's going to be the cable that goes from your router or your switch to your desktop or your laptop. Now, if you're using Wi-Fi, you won't use one of these. But, you know, in most cases, most people are going to be using Cat5e cables. Category 5 enhanced is what it stands for. And these cables are actually eight small 24-gauge wires. Now, when you think in wires, the lower the number, the thicker the wire. So the higher the number, the thinner the wire. So these are 24 gauge, they're pretty thin wire. And the Cat5 cables max out at one gigahertz speed, which if you have one gigahertz switch and all of that, that's great. To get the, actual, the very most out of your stuff, you wanna look into changing up your cables. Because there are a few downsides to Cat5. Uh, interference is one. They're really prone to electrical interference if you got them running near power cables or anything like that. Uh, crosstalk issues, which is, you know, when the cables actually, the, the signals from the cables interfere with each other. And latency, which is the time that it takes from the, a signal to get from one end of the cable to the other end of the cable. Now, over short distance, it's really not too, too much of an issue. But if you're running cables in your house, farther than 50 feet you may see a little bit of a lag now this is like mostly if you're setting up really the only time you have anything that long is if you're doing cameras or um even if you're doing say a home run to put in a mesh wi-fi system or something along that line so you'll have so, uh, you know that longer run but most of them could be with you know 25 feet or so at, at the most you know that i would think so that really won't be too big of a deal. But to be able to future-proof yourself, you may want to look into Cat6 cabling. That's a newer standard. It's been out for a little while, so the cost has actually come down a lot over the last year. Uh, Cat6 cables max out at 10 gig speed, and there's actually a little plastic divider in the cable itself that cuts down on the crosstalk issues. So that will be less of an issue, and uh, the interference will actually be less of an issue also. But these cables, they run faster because the cable's thicker. It's a 23 gauge. So remember, Cat5 is a 24 gauge. So this is a little bit thicker cable, and thicker cable can carry more information at one time. So if you move to Cat6, you are future-proofing your setup. You know, just on the just in case you know things start to get faster around you, like your internet connection from your ISP, anything like that, you want to make sure that you can you can use that same cable for a long time. And by do upgrading to a Cat6, you can do that. You know, internet speeds and routers and everything else are going to keep getting faster year by year. Services from the your ISPs are going to get faster year over year. But a lot of times when that happens, people don't upgrade their cabling. So you're actually slowing down your computer from its full potential. You know, the in a cable run, the slowest point is going to be how fast that whole cable runs. So if you have that one section that's going to be Cat5 cable, but you have a gig speed for everything else, it's going to run at 100 meg because it recognizes a Cat5 cable. 
you want to make sure everything's up to its its own it, its full potential. And again, with this, you really it's not so much the brand that you got to worry about, but it's the kind of cable. So you really want to make sure it you know it says Cat Six cable in the the twelve foot range for you know a twelve foot cable, which is going to be pretty much the the mid range for everybody. You know those should be around ten to fifteen dollars. So they're not they're not that bad. They're not bad as far as cost goes. You know, shorter ones are going to be less, obviously. But when just like most cabling things, it make sure you overestimate. Whenever I was running cable a couple of years ago, my boss gave me a uh, told me something that stuck with me, and it I always bring it up to my team whenever we doing cabling. The longest cable that you're ever going to have to run is the one that's a foot short, and you got to replace the entire thing. So always overestimate. So if you think it's go, it's a 10-foot run, get a 15-foot cable, just in case. You never know. So, oh, yeah, and um, don't get gimmicked into the flat Cat6 cables. They look nifty, you know, and everything like that. They, I know they sell them at Walmart and stuff. I'm really not knocking Walmart. But the cables being flat like that, they invite interference from power strips and extension cords and everything else. So if you... If, Please stay away from those flat cables. They look they look cool and everything like that, but they they're that's not where you want to spend your money. Get yourself a really good cable, you know, a real uh, just the regular round category six cable, and stick with that. You know, stick uh, stay away from the gimmicky stuff. And just if you're wondering, yes, they are other categories of cables out there. Uh, Cat seven just came out not not too far back. And note that may actually take over for Cat 6 at some point, uh, but it's going to be a long time, uh, especially like in a commercial environment. And until companies embrace it and start doing like they did with Cat 5 and now Cat 6, Cat 7 oh, is going to be a ways off. So, And there are also Cat 8 and Cat 9 cables out there too, but those are only used like in server farms and stuff like that, so it's nothing you really got to worry about. But just it may come down the next six or eight years. They may shift over to, to Cat 7. I'm not too sure about that. But anyway, um, just to give you a quick story, too, about this from my own experience. Uh, at one point when I was in college, I had 100 meg internet service with a cable internet connection. And with cable internet, it kind of depends on how many people in your neighborhood or your building at the time are using it, you know, because sort of the bandwidth and the, the speed can fluctuate a little bit. But after doing a couple of tests, um, my desktop would get a download speed of, you know, about 120, 130 meg per second. That's still more than what I was supposed to get, you know, at least on paper. And while I saw that I had a Cat5 cable coming for going between my modem and the router. Now, just replacing that one cable with a Cat6 cable and did the same test, same equipment, not five minutes later, and my speed jumped up to 175 to 180 meg download speed. So, and I just changed the one cable. That's it. Now, I mean, that is kind of a dramatic shift, and that's a lot more speed coming down. And it shows just how far the right cable can go. You know, whenever you have the right cables... Things work a lot faster speeds. You know, just kind of take that as an example. I, that was something that kind of surprised me whenever I changed it. I didn't think it would jump quite that much, but it did. And I've, I haven't looked back since. I've 
always used Cat6 ever since then. So if you haven't upgraded, you know, your network cable, even if it's just the one from your modem to your router, look into upgrading that and see how, how much better your performance is. So, okay, now let's uh, shift away from the network side of things a little bit and start talking about your TV. Now, basically, I kind of want to go over two cables here. Uh, the first is really only applicable if you have a home theater receiver that you use with your TV. That's for your, your 5.1, 7.1 surround sound. Um, and that cable is actually called a optical audio cable. It's sometimes called a toss link cable. And if you've never heard of it, you're in luck because this cable can actually help you out a lot. Now, usually in most setups, all your different sources, that would be like your Blu-ray player, your cable box, your Roku streaming device, Apple TV, whatever you happen to have, all of that gets plugged into the receiver. And then you have an output, which is usually HDMI or a component cable, and that goes up to the TV for your picture and your sound. Now, a lot of times we upgrade the TV first, and you're still left with an older receiver. Now, with the older receivers, especially like if you're getting some of the new streaming devices and stuff like that, they all, they offer 4K and everything. Your receiver might not be able to handle 4K video and everything. So what you can do to offset that issue is you end up going straight to the TV with all your sources. You plug your Blu-ray player, your streaming player, your uh, cable box. Everything goes straight into the TV. And you use one of these Toslink cables, which is actually, it's a fiber optic cable. And that goes from the TV back down to the receiver. Now, that, whenever you do that, any, any sound that would normally play on the TV goes straight to the receiver and plays through the receiver. So, even if you don't have the correct plugs on the back of the receiver, you can still have your surround sound and everything, and it'll all work. This does mean that you have to plug all your stuff directly into the TV and, you know, so you may have to kind of rejigger some stuff and there may have a few extra cables going in there. But it's it to me, the sacrifice of having a few extra cables running up to it and be able to hear everything in surround sound, it's worth doing to me. Now, you may that may not be for you, but it is something you can look at. Now, whenever you're looking for this optical audio uh, plug it's actually a little small black port it's about half the size of a micro SD card that you put in your phone and it's going to be shaped like a D and it's going to have one curve one curved edge the curved edge could be up on the top or either side but if your receiver or your TV was made in the last six or seven years it should be there now you're only going to see just the port because the way the cable's made the actual port itself is closed off with a spring-loaded door so it won't actually open until you plug in the cable and that's to keep dust and everything else out of it being that it everything it uses light to transmit the the signal it you can't have any kind of dust or anything like that that'll disrupt the light so it needs to stay closed off so that's why they have that little door but you can look for it and it should be there. Check the show prep area on the website after the show. I'll have a picture for the show prep on this episode and I'll have a picture in there of what that optical audio port looks like so you can see it. Now whenever you do get cables like uh, look for a, a optical audio cable like this, stay away from the thin cables. 
these can get bent they can break because um, it is a fiber of glass that's on the inside of them so you want to stick with a thick a thick cable you know you want you won't you don't want a really 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 thin one because in you know if something happens and it, it twists the wrong way and it snaps then everything doesn't work and you got to replace the cable so you get one that's a little more heavy duty get one that's a little bit thicker and uh, with these, I usually stick with the Best Buy brands on these, either Dynex or Insignia. Uh, both of them are good. You can get a 8 to 10 foot cable and they'll run you, you know, 15, 20 bucks, give or take. They're not very expensive and they, they do help. So, and since we talking, uh, since I mentioned HDMI cables a little bit ago, uh, we can kind of get back into these. Did you know that they had three different kinds of HDMI cables? Now, whenever I was doing my prep for the podcast i only knew of two so even i learned something today but uh yeah there so there's actually three different versions and they go by numbers which is versions uh the first one is version 1.2 which is the regular run-of-the-mill hdmi came out way back in 2007 uh, and this will carry high def picture and sound and it's you know perfectly suited for your normal high def tv setup you know these are going to be the real the cheap hdmi cables and if you're not really doing anything more than, you know, your standard high definition picture, which is your 1080p on your TV, save some money. You know, go go ahead and get those. That's not a big deal. You know, that that's perfectly fine. But if you've recently bought a nice sparkly UHD TV or a 4K TV with HDR or something, you know, something along that, some of these ultra high def TVs, then you need to look into going up to the next version. The next version, which is HDMI 2.0, these are made to handle the bandwidth for the ultra high def, the 4K picture, you know, this kind of stuff. So that's what they these are actually made for. They're a little bit thicker cables on the, the, the cheap ones, so they can carry a lot more information on them. That's why all of those TVs and those store displays at Best Buy and Walmart and everything like that, that's why they always look so good. They have the right source. They have the 4K source that they're playing off of. They have the, gr the good, nice TV that they're trying to sell you, but they're playing everything on the right cables. So again, these are gonna be a little bit more expensive, but if you have that type of TV, these are worth the upgrade. Again, I tend to stick with the Best Buy brands on these also, either Dynex or your Rocketfish, um, a four foot, HDMI 2 cable is going to run between 17 and 20 bucks. Um, I'll have a list of a few different ones on the show prep for this episode on the website. So I'll link to a couple of different ones, but um, you can check the show prep on the website after the show and they should be there. That way you can kind of check them out. And so what's the third one? The third one is going to be the newest version and that's version 2.1. And these are going to support 8K picture in your TV. So they have the cables out now, but the TVs are barely even on the market. So these you won't have to worry about too, too much for right now. But over the next couple of years, whenever 4K and 8K content will grow, you know, and they're actually able to find a good way to be able to get it to you, to your house without having to compress the signals and do all kind of craziness, you know, then it'll be a lot more consumer friendly and it'll be a lot easier for the hardware part side of it to, to come down the pipe once they actually get some of the delivery for the content back, you know, up on the backside. So 
they're still having issues with 4K right now. I know the there are some streaming devices uh, like the the Fire Cube and stuff like that. They actually stream in 4K, which the way they do that is they actually it's not a true 4K. It's close, but it's not really because they actually they'll compress the signal from 4K down to HD, which you know the 1080p. And then the device at your house will actually up convert it back to 4K. So that way it's not using all your bandwidth because 4K and 8K and all of these other, you know, really, really high def pictures. These things would eat your bandwidth alive at your house if you had a slow connection. You know, you need at least a 20 meg download speed constant for 4K, for true 4K. And... A lot of people that are on DSL, you know, some, you know, some of the rural areas and stuff like that, they just don't have it and they won't be able to do it. So in order for even those people to be able to have it, they got to compress it to be able to use the least amount of bandwidth that they can. So, and maybe with the 5G networks and stuff like that, that's starting to come out. This may be a little bit more accessible to everybody. Once, once that starts rolling out, you know, we might start using 5G networks for these kind of things. So it's, it's kind of something to look into, but you know, just keep that in your back pocket. It is going to come down the pipe later on, but it's going to take a, a little while to get there. It's going to take a few years before we actually get to that point. And just like that, we've gotten to the light at the end of the pipe of today's show. And that went pretty fast, didn't it? So yeah, don't forget, check the, pro, the show prep area on the website, uh, www.downsouthitpodcast.com. And I'll have some links to the cables and stuff like that that I've talked to uh, talked about today, just so it's a little bit easier to track them down. Um, while you're there, you can listen to all of the past podcast episodes, including all of season one. On uh, that'll be on the embedded player there. Uh, you can also check out the blog with all of the good articles and stuff like that that I post. Uh, the Bill projects, the Raspberry Pi Christmas lights project, uh, and all that and more. All on the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. You can also check out the Facebook page, DownSouthIT. And just like and follow the page if you hadn't already, just to let me know you stopped by. And if you have any questions or comments, you can always leave a comment right there on Facebook or email me, DownSouthIT at gmail.com. And the next show, I will have a special guest. It'll be our first phone interview. Uh, So stay tuned for that. It'll be interesting. Uh, So we're going to see how that goes. trying to trying to branch out a little bit on the the podcast here so stay tuned it'll be interesting i promise we'll see how it goes and we'll kind of take it as it comes like i usually do so and as i always like to end the show i always like to paraphrase over other technology can replace the work of many ordinary people but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person so go out and be extraordinary today That's all I have, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'll see you back here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. See y'all later.